We on, Billy? We're back. Welcome, everyone, to the All Good Podcast, episode three. Episode How are three. you today, mate? Good. Really good, actually. How was your day? Good. Really good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, I think, um, you know, upon reflection of our last two episodes. Yeah, a quick recap for all our uh, listeners. Let me speak, brother. <laughs> I think we need to do a little segment moving forward. What is that? Bit of feedback from the fans out there. You know, they're reaching out about certain things that Jared Beal <laughs> has done that might need some improvement. So the segment from now on for each episode is what did Billy do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, Billy, what did you do wrong last episode, mate? All right. Last episode, upon reflection, uh, yeah, I think I said the word 100%. 100 times. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. Just want to throw that out there. A challenge for me today is not to say the word 100%. I think you're you know, selling yourself I, short there, bro. Hey, if I, if I say it, it's um, might have to throw out some giveaways to all our subscribers. You're missing one other thing. What? What's that? 18-minute mark. <laughs> there was also a... An incident that happened, phone rang. Yes, it was my beautiful wife. So, yeah. Sorry, babe, I couldn't answer. Why did she call you? Yeah, I don't know. She's worried. (laughs) (laughs) I know why. Because we took about two hours to get one episode done. We had to keep deleting it, trying to be perfect. But as we do, we just roll with it. eh? That's us. We want to keep it raw. We want to keep it real. So that's good, mate. You showed some accountability for last uh, last episode. So for all the people out there who uh, who sent in and, and were concerned, um, he's taken some notes and he's going to improve because that's what we do. We improve. Mm, for sure, bro. And on the flip side, we actually received a really inspiring message, you know, around the things that we're talking about and what we're trying to do here with All Good. Yeah, mate. So a friend of mine growing up actually reached out about her daughter, uh, who's currently battling some mental health issues. So yeah, I suppose that's exactly why we're here. And, and that it story is. actually gives me goosebumps knowing that we're not only helping sports people, but we're helping individuals out there who are struggling um, Yeah, with some battles and, um, you know, it's touching. And, it is. You know, it, we're on the right path. It is. It's awesome. It's awesome to get, you know, that those messages. Because um, I know when we first sat down and <clears> – <throat> you know, had the conversation and, and the idea of all good sparked. Um, the flame was lit. You know, a big part of it was helping people, you know, whether it's one person or many, um, that's, that's our goal. And to do that, we want to do that through our stories and obviously sharing other people's stories. Yeah, so I guess Taylor, um, if you're listening, episode three, um, we're here to help and please – Come on to the podcast if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're moving towards there, yeah. having, yeah, we're moving towards having some people on the potty and, um, you know, we've inspired you but you've inspired us. So, yeah, um, that's all right. Nah, feeling awesome. But yeah, no, nah, it's cool. So, happy. What'd you get up to on the weekend? Any news? I'm glad you asked, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, good news for the baseball people out there. The yes. The World Baseball Classic is back, baby. World Baseball Classic. So that is that short for WBC? No, it's not short for it. It's long for it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We, do you want to keep going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's that's I want to know more about it. So WBC World Baseball Classic is it every year or how does it how does it work? Nah, mate. So it's every four. Uh, I think it's three to four. Not sure. It's just been a long time. Obviously, um, due to COVID, a few setbacks, and um, you know, for all the people who are in the, on the team and and all the fans out there, it's it's awesome to hear that the WBC is back because. It is the best baseball tournament in the world. Um, the greatest really? players from across USA, Japan, um, yeah, um, bloody South America, and all that—they all join up and they all battle it out. So, uh, for Australia, we've managed to to make our way through, uh, qualified straight away. Uh, for me personally, haven't played in a WBC yet, so really? I'm excited, yeah, nice. mate. Time to to put a rocket where it needs to go. To- <laughs> To get back uh, into shape and, and to really try and take it to the world. Yeah, I'm really keen to dig into baseball itself and obviously you'd know more than anyone. So you said yourself or a lot of the you know national players haven't been able to play recently or for a while? No, so the last time we got together was actually 2019 uh, at a similar tournament called the Premier 12. Yeah. Uh, so that's run by a different organisation but – Pretty similar in quality. So, um, yeah, we, we managed to play over there uh, against Japan and, and uh, Cuba and, and other teams, and we did really well. Yeah. Uh, for the first time, I think, in, in a long time, uh, Team Australia uh, managed to get past the first round and into what they call the Super Round. So, yeah. in that Super Round, we actually knocked off Team USA too. So, yeah, um, mate, awesome memory for me. Uh, I mean, I wish I could relive every every moment of that game and yeah. and and the tournament itself. It was a fun time. Japan's awesome too. So we got to to stay in Japan and, and take it to the world. And uh, but yeah, the sad thing is we just haven't done it for quite some time. So uh, we'll be four years next year since we've come together and played. So yeah, I can um, really excited. I can tell you, um, really pumped about it coming up. Would you say, you know, this tournament, the WBC, is this? For an Australian baseball player, is this the pinnacle where you get to test yourself against the elite? Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people would think that, like, I mean, the Olympics is is everything, and every athlete aspires to be yeah. an Olympian. But I think in terms of baseball, this is the top. So um, unfortunately, for um, some teams in the Olympics, they can't use their best players. So USA can't actually use their major league players. Really, uh, a few. Yeah, okay. I'm not too sure why they just don't allow it, but this in this tournament, the WBC, uh, the likes of Mike Trout, um, big dogs, yeah, all the big come dogs rolling through. They come in and they collect their paycheck and, oh, and they yeah. uh, they start cracking some skulls. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, well, it's interesting to hear because I I suppose from you know my view in, in rugby league, I thrived on competing against the best, so I. I I'm sensing this is something similar for you in the baseball world. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mate. Like, there's nothing quite like it. Um, mm. You know, you have to, you know, not not to say you ever coast in your career, but you know you have to up your game and the preparation that goes into to taking it to the world is you, know, you have to be on point. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, competing with the likes of Japan and Korea, uh, number one and two teams in the world is yeah is uh it's crazy and. You know the fan base and and the people that watch and the the support they have is is nuts and and the support that we have too. Um, I think Australia has, has really uh, taken off in terms of baseball, and I think part of it is due to our success in 2019. And yeah, um, I'm hoping that we keep riding the wave and and baseball 
gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Well, I suppose with the Aussie baseball team, how are you guys looking? What are your thoughts? To be honest, mate, no idea. Not sure. Yep. Nah. Is it because it's been a while? Yeah, it's been a like while. I'm sure Big Dingo, the Aussie coach out there, um, he knows who he's picking or, I mean, he's got a fair idea. But I think we're pretty much starting from scratch, you know, with yeah. the time off. Um, you know, we're not rolling, so we've got to start up again and, and guys got to prove themselves and, and that's the beauty of it, right? Uh, it, it does suck that we haven't played for a while, but it's also really exciting to, to rebuild almost and and train again and, and get prepared. Yeah, it is. And I know we're definitely going to be on the lookout for you to perform well over there. But is there any, you know, guys in the system, in the Australian system that you think will be great names to watch out for? Yeah, for sure, mate. There's guys over in the in the professional leagues in, in USA who are, are shooing in my eyes, some young kids. So I'm only 30, Billy, but I'm probably one of the older guys now. And and yeah. so yeah, the young talent coming through, uh, a few boys like uh, Robbie Glendening and Curtis Mead out there who are who are really taking it to to what, all the boys in the minor leagues. Are what are uh, what uh, positions are they? So Curtis is an infielder. Yeah, and so, so Robbie, infielder. Yeah, for all the league fans out there. Explain so, what an infielder is. So, I mean, he's not just an infielder. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a corner infielder. So basically what an infielder does is fields a ball on the ground and then yeah. I'm an outfielder, so I'm further away and I catch the balls in the air. That's as simple as I can put it for the footy people out there. But So you, you're the one that jumps up over the fence and catches them? <laughs> just as about, you know, about <laughs> Maybe to see not you go over the fence, you can spoil the spoil I've done the it once, but nah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't jump as high as I used to, but um, – yeah, so most outfielders yeah. who are really good, not me, uh, can can scale the fence and catch those home runs and, and save the game. So yeah. that's the fun part too. Like if you can do that, it's, it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I bet. No, that's, that's cool. So, you know, in preparation now for this tournament, do you have you set goals, are you, you know, in terms of expectations for the team, for Australia? How do you think you'll go? For me, day one was today, you and I. We went for a run, run everyone. Yeah. Again. We're back. But we went running at my distance. <laughs> no, nah, but it's all, about getting fit. Too, yeah. it's all about getting the legs going again, getting fit. Um, you know, baseball players prepare a bit differently. So, you know, I, I joke about we don't run distance, but conditioning isn't all that important. Um, it's a rotational sport. Uh, it's a power sport. So obviously you've got to be powerful to hit the ball. You've got to be powerful to be a pitcher. So we train a little bit differently, a lot of core strength and stuff like that. So, um, you know, guys right now in July will be in the gym, um, yep. probably eight weeks of gym, start trying to peak in terms of their physical um, strength. And then uh, gradually we'll, we'll get on field and we'll start to do the baseball specifics. So we'll be hitting in the cages, uh, getting the arms st- strong and then run into the ABL, which is the Australian Baseball League. Yeah. Uh, so that's 12 weeks of Pretty decent baseball here in Australia and that's also back up and running off the back of some COVID interrupted years. Yeah. Uh, so the plan is run through the ABL, get the games in and then uh, take it to the world. Yeah, nice. I would like to know like what would a standard week look like as a professional baseballer in like preseason? So this would be preseason now starting for you. Yeah. What, what would your routine look like? So I'll go to the gym three times a week. Yeah. And then in between those, I'll do my sprints. So a lot of agility. Uh, and then probably at nighttime, 
So I'll do that, do that in the morning and then at night time, it's all about the baseball specifics. So I'll be hitting off a tee and no, it's not tee ball. And, and yes, <laughs> <laughs> the big fellas actually still hit off the tee. It's actually one of the most important things to do as a hitter is to really? hit off a tee. Yeah. So, you know, most of my swing practice and my hitting practice comes from a tee. Yeah. So okay. we just do that. Uh, try and perfect that. Uh, so that would be night time, do some fielding practice, some hitting practice pretty much every day of the week. Yeah. And then when we start playing, uh, which is in November, it's four games a week. So pretty uh, pretty heavy schedule. Um, so what In terms of training, you know, when you're in season, so you, you know, the season's underway, do you get many sessions in? So Monday to Friday or you know, in a seven-day week? So we will train once a week. Um, we'll play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. But the thing is with baseball, it's a three-hour game, but we actually train for like two hours before every game. So we'll do some on-field BP, which is batting practice, really. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll just we just do the baseball specifics. Nothing too crazy in season, but just enough to to ensure we're ready to go for, for game time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting. That's um, obviously different to what I know. Rugby league, it's a game on you know, games on the weekend, but the whole week you build up and your prep is for that game. Um, baseball being similar to basketball, you're playing, you could be playing the next day. Yeah. So Australia is kind of unique and it, it's kind of good because you do get periods of rest. So, you know, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Even though we train on those days, you're not really playing a game or you're not playing a game. You're not putting your body through too much. Whereas when I was professional in, in USA, it's every day, yeah. six months straight. I think we got one day off a month and that was to sit on a bus for like 12 hours, especially in the minor travel. leagues. Yeah, yeah, travel day. Yeah. So, you know, that's a grind. So, you know, during the season in Australia, you have those three days to, to do gym or to do some extra work, some stretching whatnot. Whereas overseas, you're doing gym at 10 a.m. Yeah. And then you're playing at 7 p.m. So um, yeah. you got to be pretty, you know, conditioned to, to play six months straight. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, yeah. I, you know, that's probably what I would expect from a professional baseball. That would be quite intense, the preseason, the grind. You know, winding the clock back to before you became a professional, you know, when you're in high school, were you training like that? What was you? What would you? you know, what was your weekly routine? You know, within trying to improve and, and trying to crack it in the big leagues. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I, I played multiple sports, and I think that was actually really helpful for my preparation uh, into professional sports. So I played rugby union at school. I played rugby league uh, for club. What position were you? I was a flying fullback, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Good under the high ball. Never dropped one. <laughs> no, never broke a cheekbone either. <laughs> oh, that's Lockie. three episodes straight. Sorry, Lucky. Nah, so yeah, I mean, I was playing a lot of sport and it was really good for my agility and conditioning. Um, but um, in terms of baseball, it was a daily routine. Uh, my old man was, he was uh, possessed really. He, you know, he prepared well when he played. He, he was an ex-player or he's an ex-player. Yeah, uh, but you know, I got to thank him for for really uh, setting me on the on the right path in terms of preparation. Um, if I wanted to quit, he wouldn't let me. So, you know, we would go to the field after school every day. He'd hit me ground ball after ground ball, throw beep, batting really? practice to me every day, every day, and you know, and it worked. You know, I, I started having some, some success at the state level as a kid. Yeah, and then um, 
actually I was surprised, but um, I got signed. But a funny story actually when I when I did sign, I signed with the Cleveland Indians. Um, they're now called the Guardians, so yeah, changed their name up a few, uh, yeah, you know, a few uh, political reasons. <laughs> but um, I was in high school, and you know as you are when you're 16, you're a cool kid. I yeah. had the I had a uh, cool little car, and I was trying to impress the girls across the road, and. And after school, it was always my goal to walk past a girls' school and do my thing. And <laughs> next thing, I see my dad, and I was blowing up. Like, what the is he doing here? Like, creeping yeah. my style. And dad come up and he goes, "I got to tell you something." I was like, "Nah, I don't want to hear it, mate. Like, this is my spot." And he goes, "You're gonna sign with the Cleveland Indians." And I like, really believe it. Yeah, it was the coolest thing. So like, my friends were there, and uh, right then and there, dad. Uh, put me in the car and we drove to to sign the paperwork with my scout who actually lived in Brisbane. So right then my world turned upside down and I was a professional athlete, something I strived for for about five years, you know, when I really took to baseball. I yeah. played I played a long time but I never really thought about being pro until I got a bit older and I started you know, doing all right. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. Man, that's crazy. Like, <clears throat> you know, hearing that news, obviously all the hard work that – and especially, you know, the relationship with your father, you know, the hours and the time put in to improve your game. To hear that news, man, like, tell me about it more. Like, because I, I remember my first, you know, when I got news that I was going to play or firstly be included in the NRL squad, you know, and, and then play my first game. And I just remember floating on cloud nine nerves as well. But um, for yourself, I mean, like, Cleveland Indians, not, you know, that's overseas as well. Still in school. Yeah. I know, you know, the girls would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in a relationship then, actually. <laughs> but, um, mate, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. Um, I know I was always a, a little mummy's boy, too. So, yeah, the thought of going overseas on my own at 16, I was signed at 16, um, was scary. But then, you know, it wasn't, until I got overseas and, and I had to live that life on my own, that it actually, you know, it took its toll on me a little bit, to be honest. And and the expectations of being a, a small, skinny country boy, nah, not really, from Ipswich, <laughs> trying to take it to, to all the big fellas over there who were a bit older than me, um, you know, a lot of expectations on me. And, and over there, I, I did pretty well. Um, you know, I ended up spending a few seasons there, but, you know, yeah. Um, but coming home, you know, being a pro in Queensland, um, the expectations then like really weigh on you, to be honest. So, and I suppose. So, so what made it so hard? I guess like as a kid, all of a sudden you've gone from, you know, being relatively good within a good group of guys to now you're, you're the pro within the group. So you just automatically you think you've got to do better. You've got to stand out. So you put all these expectations on yourself. And then, you know, someone who was successful for years and years at a junior level, all of a sudden he's trying to become that much better. And then you put that pressure on yourself. Yeah. You, you know, you, you put these expectations on yourself that you're not doing such a great job and that, oh, I've got to be better to, to take it to the pros. The truth be told, all I need to do is me because that's what got me there in the first place. Yeah, I get that. I can, I definitely know at times in my career in the NRL that, you know, the expectations you put on yourself because you want to be better 
can actually work against you performing out on the field on game day? Did you find that? Yeah, for sure. And then like, you know, it, it carries with you. So, you know, you overcome those those tasks that are difficult as a kid. You know, you, you, you become one with being a pro and you understand that you just got to do you and you, you prepare and, and you do all the right things and, and that people don't actually have these expectations of you. They support you and you don't realise it. And people understand, like we talked about in the last episode, you're going to fail yeah. and how you're going to overcome that. But, you know, those expectations go away from you putting them on yourself to then they fall on the team. So, you know, we talked about representing Australia and there's an expectation from the country that you're going to represent them. Yes. So I feel like that almost does a 360 and comes back to you, you know, as soon as you put those colours on, yeah, you're trying to do it for the country and, and man, that can create some, some serious pressure. And, and I'm sure that, you know, you've represented your country. You yeah. would have had that same feeling that, you know, the entire – New Zealand is is riding you and, and is expecting you to do well. And, you know, how do you overcome that? Yeah. In my experience, the, I feel like there's two sides to it. There's two mindsets you approach that. The first being it's daunting. You don't want to let your team down. You don't want to let the boys around you down. You don't want to let your country down. That can be daunting. Um, but generally, when I look back, and the games that I played really well and, and I was really proud of my performance, I approached it as an opportunity to re- represent my people. So putting on that jersey, it became bigger than me. Whenever my mindset was it was bigger than me, the purpose was bigger than me, I, you know, a lot of the expectations were in a positive, uh, like really drove me to make sure I was preparing you know, leading up to game day um, and then, you know, obviously getting a massive adrenaline buzz out of representing something bigger than myself. But, you know, you, we relate that to everyday life. You know, you've got social media now, society in general. We, You know, everyone's putting expectations on themselves, like even myself. Well, you, you touched on it with the word, <clears throat> excuse me, represent, right? Yeah. So expectations changed and now all you're doing is representing. So... It's how you carry yourself. So you just got to be content with the way you've prepared um, and know that the expectations aren't really there. You're just representing your country, you're representing your team and you're representing yourself. And And if you know that you've prepared well and, you, and you're doing that, I think it becomes a lot easier and <clears throat> and that's just something you, you you get with experience as well. And You know, I, <clears throat> sorry, mate, bloody you're right. getting passionate <laughs> or something. <yeah. laughs> Pass me a drink, brother. Getting too serious again. You know, I talked to um, a cousin of mine, uh, Kenny. So he's actually my wife's cousin, but, yeah. you know, Kenny just turned pro. He's a boxer. And yeah. uh, I was having a chat to him on Saturday night, you know, about what he's going through. Um, you know, just turned pro. So, for example, he was doing really well as an amateur and <coughs> really, Jesus, <laughs> doing really well as an amateur. Are we stopping this? <coughs> Keep going, <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, turning pro, and I just had a few good things to say to him. I suppose, like you know, don't do what I did, basically. Yeah. Um, don't put that pressure on you. Just, just trust yourself. Just trust your training, and know that if you walk the the path and you prepare and and um, and you represent yourself, well, the rest will take care of itself. And, and understand that you're going to have challenges, and 
don't worry about what people think, to be honest, because, yeah. you know, you've gotten there not thinking about that and all of a sudden you're in a position where you think you're more important or there's more to risk or more at risk. Yeah. Don't think about those things. Just do you. and Especially, and, yeah, like just on that with, you know, like elite sport comes, you know, uh, a lot of fans that are really passionate about the sport all have their opinions and that can weigh down on you if, if a uh, performance doesn't go to plan. If you lose a fight, lose a game, um, you know, that weighs on, down on me and it's easy to take that really personal. Um, that's just like, that's probably another angle as well, like the expectations that you then put on yourself because of what people think. Yeah. Well, you almost got to flip it, right? Yeah. So these people are so invested in you, but... That's actually a really good thing. Yeah. Now that's support. They're, they're riding you and they're hoping you do well and, yeah, they, they have some negative feedback but you just got to ignore that. Um, it's just people that were hoping they'd be in your shoes and, you know, for Kenny, um, I hope he doesn't get any of that but… Well, I think he's, he's really just, lucky that, you know, you've been able to share your experience. And I'd love to get him on and, and talk through it and I think we will. Get him on, man. I take my hat off the boxes, you yeah. know. UFC, combat sports. And expectations don't really just land with sports people, Billy. Like it happens in everyday life. And I think you were going towards that earlier when, you know, you talked about life. So, you know, what about a kid that that goes to school and, and his parents expect him to get good grades or a father who had a crazy career in, in the NRL and, and reached the heights that you reached and, and how's that sitting with – with the boy who wants to be like his dad. Yeah, it's – well, as a father, I look back and I, I think there was definitely times there where I expected him to follow in my footsteps to to pretty much be little me. <laughs> but, you know, I've I've been learning as well and I definitely know that he's on his own journey. He's a different – he's different. He's different to me. Um, for me as a father, it's about supporting him. And, you know, I heard a great saying um, – you know, I can help him open the door, but he's got to walk through it. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for trying to give him an opportunity, help him, support him, but ultimately, you know, it's going to be up to him and I don't want to force that upon him. Yeah, and as a father, it'd be cool to see your boy walk his own path too. Yeah. And I think we just need to know, like, expectations can be motivation. They can help you prepare, but unless managed correctly – they can really weigh it down on you, and you know, and that can lead to some mental health struggles. It can, you know, it's not just on the sports field; it's in everyday life. Yeah, and I think as as role models, as parents, as, as supporters, as peers, we can do a good job of assessing people and understanding what they're going through and talk about it. Um, you know, if if a student can tell their mum or dad, "Hey, like these grades you want me to get, I'm actually struggling to to reach them." You know, give me give me a chance. Give me some time. You know, as a baseball player, just signed, 16 years old. Dad wants him to to take on the world. Hey, Dad, give me some time. So, yeah, I think you know, as I said, as long as you set goals and you, you're content with what you're doing and, and you're on the right track, the expectations um, they don't really play a part. It's just something that you create that aren't really there. Definitely, uh, you know, it's what you core and what I've heard in, in the sporting world has been in your head. 100%. Um, 
<laughs> but it's true. You know, when I look back over my career and my best performances, it was, you know, it was when I had a clear mind. I was present in the moment. Knowing I prepared well, went out and did me. Boom. Dropped the mic, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, mate. Again, 30 minutes in, pretty good effort. Um, I think looking back at this episode, it might be, what did Happy do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> You're good, mate. That's nah, good to hear your story. We'll uh, you know how you know baseball and you know your learnings and especially around expectations and how that affected you. So, nah, thanks for sharing that. Brah. All good, mate. So, next episode, guest time, I reckon. We'll see. We'll see, eh? Got to stay tuned. Bit of feedback out there. So now, all the listeners, if you want to jump on the potty. Come send us a message because we'll get you on. We'll make you famous. <laughs> Kenny Aiken, you want to go pro, mate? We'll make you go pro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you, everyone. We're here to, you know, hopefully we can help, you know, inspire people uh, and also, you know, have a, have a laugh. So that's it. On behalf of the all good dot. We out. Later. <laughs>